0: amen. Well, several weeks ago, actually I would say several weeks now, I guess it could still be several weeks because what seven is like anywhere, several is anywhere from three to 12. Anyhow, beginning of the year, we started a series called Rescue. And uh, we're still in that series right now because there's many things that the Lord is just stirring up on the inside of us. One of the main things that we have have learned is that everyone needs rescued. Every person. We've learned that, um, you know, rescue to be rescued is a one-time event salvation and a continual event coming to greater knowledge and greater freedom from our sinful nature amen just because you get saved doesn't mean your, your sinful nature just you know goes away there's still that there's still that man that wants to rule our flesh man wants to rule But we are to be governed by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that those who are being led or governed or directed by the Holy Spirit, these are the sons and daughters of God. Whenever we're being led by the Spirit of God, we we prove ourselves to be mature sons and daughters of God because we're following His lead. Not doing our own will, our own desire, but the desire that He has for us. Amen? So everyone needs rescued first from the power of sin. And then second, uh, from our own sinful nature. And uh, last week, we kind of, you know, the last two weeks before that, we were kind of talking about, you know, rescue me. We talked about rescue my city. Natasha taught on, you know, God of the rescue. And I want to take this, this week, this morning here, and at least another week, if not another, we'll see how the Lord leads me there with that. But I want to talk about uh, rescue my relationships. Wow, I got quiet. Rescue my relationships Everyone needs rescued Don't go for the door yet, it's still windy out there It hasn't changed (laughs) So, one of the things in your life That will continually need rescued Is our relationships Our relationships will continually need rescued I want to share uh, a couple things the Lord has has given me As I've been praying through this You know, the, the reality of it is that people need people We really do people need people. Uh, anybody ever see the movie The Castaway* with Hank with uh, Tom Hanks? You know, it was an older movie. It was on a couple weeks ago when I was flipping through the channels and Tom Hanks there, you know, Wilson! If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I'll just watch a little bit again. And it was to the point where he was getting ready to get off the island, but people need people. He was on the island and he was he had such a desire to be connected with somebody else that he took a volleyball made a face on it and he talked to this volleyball for five years he called it Wilson it was a Wilson volleyball you guys here this morning? (laughs) and that when he lost Wilson in the ocean it was so devastating he was almost one after him it was either save Wilson this this ball or save the raft that could possibly save his life and he left the ball go, and he was crying, Wilson, I'm sorry, Wilson. Very touching. But the point is, people need people. It's, it's by God's design. He designed it that we need each other. He designed it that way. And, you know, relationships are all about connection. And it's when we connect with people in a healthy relationship that we feel safe. That we feel loved, we feel valued, we feel empowered, we feel at home. When you have healthy relationships, it just feels—it feels like feels like home. People need people. When there's something wrong with a relationship, the first thing that needs to be looked at is the connection point, because relationships are all about connecting. So, if there's something wrong in a relationship, one of your relationships go to the connection point. You have to ask yourselves really two questions. Are we connected? Number one, are we connected? And if you're connected, there's going to be something else that needs to be addressed. If you're not connected, you need to find out why is the reason for the disconnect? What, what has happened to cause a disconnect in this relationship? And there will be your route in order to bring connection back to that relationship. Right? You, never, you ever go around your house and... And you're vacuuming, and uh, I don't know about you know the guys in here, but I run things in my house. I run the vacuum, and I run the door dishwasher, and you know, I'm just trying to be a little funny this morning. Wow! <coughs> but you know, you take your vacuum, and you're and you're uh, you're you're vacuuming, and you got the cord stretched out as far as it'll go, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you think you can just get a little bit more, and all of a sudden the disconnect. Mm. Well, there ain't gonna, I can go like this all I want. No dirt's going to go anything. I have to go back to the connection point. I got disconnected. And our relationships are all about connection. And if there's a disconnection somewhere, you need to find out where that's at, what caused the disconnect. And God will use that to help you see how to get connected again. And Sometimes it's in an eternal search on our own heart, sometimes it may be on someone else's part. But there's a, there's a a lack of connection. God needs us to get connected. People need people, and God has chosen to fulfill that desire through relationships. I love this scripture in Ecclesiastes, this chapter 4. It says this, two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, here's how they help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You know, in relationship, this really shows encouragement. People need people. We need to be encouraged. Thank God for close, healthy relationships of people that have encouraged encouraged you when you felt down, when you had fallen and you needed some need of, of some extra strength, someone to come along and just speak a word of encouragement to you to help you get back up again so you can succeed. Amen. Then he goes on to say, Two are better than one, right? One falls down to help help each other succeed. Raise them up. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? I really believe... uh, you know, this can, it's, it's kind of, it's not necessarily like, you know, a, a wife and a husband being together in a sense that closeness. It, it really is the, the sense of closeness. It's the sense of intimacy in, in a healthy way, not sexual, but intimacy, a deepness, a closeness. People need people. We need to feel close to other people. God designed it. Amen? Then he goes on a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer. I believe that really represents value because when you have, you're encouraging someone, you're really investing in their lives, there's the closeness that you have with them. When attacks come against their life, you're showing that you value their life because you're willing to fight for them. Healthy relationships are willing, if you're willing, to. How can I can say it? They're worth fighting for. Amen? Worth fighting for. Have a healthy relationship. And then he goes on to say, three are even better. Three are even better than two, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now, as we start this portion of this, of this series, Rescue My Relationships, um, the first relationship that, that really needs to be rescued, I believe this and I really believe it, need to hit this, And continually rescued is your relationship with God. First relationship that needs rescued and continually rescued. Rescued meaning if you don't know Jesus Christ, the first thing that needs to happen is you need to come to the knowledge of the salvation from your sins in Jesus Christ. And then a continual rescue because everything in this world is against you having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It needs to continually be rescued. A relationship is a living thing. And it needs continual nurturing or it will die. You know, healthy relationships are those that enjoy spending time together. You know, uh, people that have close relationships with others, they they plan to spend time together. They uh, they put it on the calendar. They prioritize it. It's it's, uh, on purpose. They're intentional about it. They make the plan. They're, they're consistent with it to get together. You don't feel the same without it. You know, relationships are so, you know, you want to get to the place where you're, that consistency of those who really are pouring into your life and you're pouring in. It's not just that you're always getting poured into, you're also pouring out. We need each other. And, and you need to be able to pour out just as much as you need to be poured into. And the truth is, if you don't pour out, you can only get poured into for so long until you reach the limit. And, and God will see that you won't even get any more even revelation until you begin to pour out. That shows a faithfulness to Him what He has given. Freely I pour out what I've been given, and freely He gives me more. Amen? To be able to share with others. But I want to talk about this rescuing your relationship uh, with God. <clears throat> and there's two, two things that are necessary to have a healthy connection with God. And I, you know, as I... I've done this, and I've, I've gotten better at it over the years, and I just find myself um, God leading me to help equip other people with what I'm about to teach you um, multiple times this year because uh, God is doing something. It goes way beyond just us. Sometimes we think it's just what God is doing in, in us. It's what God is doing in the earth. He is, he is pouring himself. He's setting things up. what he wants to do on a larger scale larger than us we get to be a part of it praise god but it's larger than us so the first thing that's necessary to have a healthy communication with god is this it's time with god in his word time with god in his word i can't stress this enough and you if you're a member here you know i say this frequently Because it's my obligation and my responsibility before the Lord to do it. Because when you stand before the Lord, uh, my name's going to be brought up. And I want to make sure that I did everything that I was called to do to bring impartations into you and working with God. And one of the things you're going to have to have is a healthy connection with God in His Word if you're going to stay connected with Him. And when I say that, you know, uh, I really believe that, you know, whenever you read the word that you need to be on some kind of a plan. And I don't mean it could be something that you make up. It could be something that someone else made up. My, my, my point is this. You will be more consistent and you will get more revelation and it will come more consistently to you when you make a plan to get into God's word. If you don't plan to do something, you plan not to do it. You have to put it, and you say, well, it sounds weird putting God on the calendar. God don't mind. He loves you to prioritize your time with him. And this may look, I'm not telling you, I'm going to go through some things with my own life. You don't have to do it the way that I've done. It's changed. It changes over the years. Sometimes from year to year, it'll change how I go and the time and whatever it is. It's between me and the Lord. But I prioritize a time to get into his word. This is my lifeline to know who he is. Getting into God's word helps you understand who he is and what he is like. You won't find it any other way. He reveals who he is. He reveals what he is like in his word. His word is so powerful that he says, I lift up my word above all my name. And God's got some great, wonderful names in Scripture and all the things, his attributes connected to him as healer, Rapha, you know, Jehovah Jireh's provider, all these things that are in there. He says, I lift my word above my name. His word is important. The Bible says it's forever settled in heaven. So we come to know him. If you don't make it a daily priority to spend time in God's word, and you will never have the confidence needed to receive the answers to your prayers. You know, I, I started, I've always got in the Word and uh, uh, been really good with that. It's just, I just fell in love with the Word from the time that I got saved. And, and uh, it's looked different through that, throughout the years. But whenever I got onto a plan and not just kind of like grabbing the Bible and, you know, flipping it open and say, well, What do we got today? And just reading wherever and having a plan of where I'm going to read and where I'm going to go next. Now I'm to the place where I actually plan out my year. I plan out my year where I'm going to be reading. And I, it's not like you're, I'm just, you know, stuck into that. And I can't, if I feel led by the Spirit to, to read something again or go somewhere else, then I follow His lead. But I have a plan. I have a plan to get His Word. I'm not wake up in the morning and say, well, where do I, I don't have to think about it. I know where I left off, that's where I'm going to go to and God's going to meet me. It's in that times of fellowship of breaking bread with him in his word that you are going to receive the nuggets that you need for that day. It's almost like a a, a ready word, a ready word that you need. It's ready. God has it prepared for you, but you've got to come to the table to get that bread that he's prepared for you. It'll nourish you. And if you take a hold of that, just that nugget, whatever it is, sometimes you could read, I've been there, you've probably been there too, where I could read, maybe go into my, the first couple verses and all of a sudden one just, bam, it just pops out to you. Why? Because the word is living. It addresses an issue in your life. It addresses a desire or it puts a desire within you. I want that God in my life. It's the word. And maybe I'm just going down a few verses and 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 I'd read a few verses and one hits me and then I read several chapters after that and I don't get anything else but that one thing. That's what I need. I take a hold of that or write it down or meditate on it throughout the day. That's what God needed to get into me. And I find out this over the years that when I take a hold of that ready word that he gives me, that there's someone else that day that needs that same word. Because freely you have received Really, God is going to use you as a vessel to give it to somebody else. You know, the Lord told me this today, and that's exactly what I needed to hear. You didn't know that. You were just given what God had given you, and it fed somebody else. That's the power of God. Amen? But you got into get, you have to get into the Word, and... There's a balance of, of, of the word and prayer. You know, the second thing, we'll get into that in a minute. The second thing uh, that you need to have a healthy communication, just really, I'm just going to hit two things, time and time in, with God in his word and time with God in prayer. But if you go into prayer and you don't have his word, your prayers are going to be shallow. There'll be no depth to him. And I can, I can be bold and say this. If you don't come to God with his word in prayer, you can't be in faith about whatever it is you're coming to God with. Did you, did you get that? I'll show you in scripture right here. It's John, 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence or the boldness which we have toward God that if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. Did you hear that? If I ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Well, I could also say it this way. If I'm asking things that are not according to His will, He's not going to listen. Doesn't mean He can't hear, but He's going to respond to His word. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Now, here it is. And if we know that He hears us, We know that we have the request for which we asked him. That's confidence. When your reliance upon God is in his word, when you come to him, whatever it is, something for your body, something for your soul, something for your spirit, something for someone else, whatever it would be, when you know it's in line with God's word and you're praying his word, you can be assured that he has heard you and he's working on the situation. That is boldness. That is confidence. That is faith. And by doing that, then I can rejoice. I don't have to be down here a-hoping and a-wishing and a-praying. I know God. God has heard me because I asked according to his word. It's his will. It's his desire. I see it in his word. So I know he hears me. So I know he's released the answer. I may not see it instantaneously. You know, you get on these apps and you do something, you know, say your bank account and you you do something. All of a sudden you do a transaction. You look at your bank account. Bam. It's like right there. Sometimes prayer is like that. But you know, God's working everything out for your best. It's still regardless. You're going to have to have faith. I'm trusting. No, Lord, you said I trust in your word. I know you're working on it. A great example of this is, is Daniel. When he prayed to God and he was, he was asking for, for, for revelation because the Lord had showed him in the book of, or, uh, you know, the writings of Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah the prophet that he saw that it was the year that he was in, that the time of release was to come to the children of Israel from bondage in Babylon. And he began to pray and seek God, and, and, uh, and it took 21 days before he received the answer. And finally, uh, Gabriel came and he gave him the answer, and he said, I wanted you to know this, from the moment that you prayed, I was released to bring the answer. But I was hindered by the prince of Persia, talking about a principality, angelic beings and rulers in heavenly places. I came with the answer the moment you prayed, because it was God's will, he found it in his word. But I was hindered for 21 days from the prince of Persia, that principality. But Michael, the archangel, came to help me. I left him back there. He's doing the work, and I came to give you the message. Amen? When we know God hears us, we know we have what we asked. may not come exactly when we want, but we know we have that we asked. So I don't need to go in and ask God again and again in, in, in doubt and unbelief. I can go in with thanksgiving. God, I know you heard me. Your, the word, your word says, when I pray according to your will, you hear me, and I have what you say. So I want to go into spending time with God in prayer. You know, I, I never, I, I, I've been a man of prayer, but when I started doing this in 2012, and it, it's changed over the years, and it defined it, Making, I learned it from someone else and different things, and redefined it to have my own thing, because I've always been a person, I just don't want to be a, a copycat, I like making things new. I like to make it fresh. I want to work with the Holy Ghost and, you know, and and have what he wants to do in my life. Amen. And God will use other people to inspire you and do different things. But uh, Pastor Larry is the one that taught us this. And he says, you know, you need to read on a plan, but you need to pray on a track. And what I mean is it's not like, you know, you're not going out to the school track and just walking around and praying. You have something before you to kind of guide you, give you boundaries as you're praying. Because to be honest with you, a lot of times when we pray and I find myself the same way if I don't focus in this way, and it's a discipline. God wants us to be intentional. He wants us to be strategic, have a plan. He wants us to be consistent, right? When I find out whenever I, I didn't have a system in place, so to say, and this system can change according to what you want to do. I'll just show you what I'm doing, but you, don't, you can make it how you want to make it. But whenever I pray with a system, I have a well-balanced prayer. It feels about, when I don't, I feel like all I'm doing is praying for me. And other people too, but it always it's easy just to revert back to me. We're, it's our human nature. God help me. I mean, the first time we walk in the door, whenever we were young, Anita and I, we, when mom came home, first thing, she when she came home, she didn't want us asking her a bunch of stuff. Mom, will you do this? Mom, will you do that? Can we go here? She's like, I just walked in the door, Right? Now I got teenagers. I walk in the doors like, Dad, I'm glad you're home. I want to go here. I need this. got some cash? I just walked in the door. See, all about them. Sometimes when we walk into God's presence, that's what it's like. We're not there to spend time with Him. We're just we're just walking in and be like, hey God, I need this. Can you, can you fix this for me? I need your help here. And in times of emergency, you know, we can come boldly to the throne of grace anytime we need. When, you, when there's an emergency going on, you don't have to go through whole, some kind of system. You just run to Jesus, and you cry out to Jesus, and he's going to answer. Amen? But I want to give you four things, and I've prayed all different kinds of things. I've used the, the, the uh, Lord's Prayer as a... As a template, I've used what's known as a tabernacle prayer, kind of going through the, the furniture of the, of the tabernacle and coming into God's presence and use that as a template. And uh, I'm always making it, you know, different things. But I want to hit, I want to show you four things that I believe are truly necessary to have a well balanced prayer life. And the first one is this when you come into God's presence, you need to come with worship. When you come into god's presence now like i said if it was an emergency somewhere you're doing something here or there and you need emergency you can just run straight to the throne of grace god i need help here but as i'm coming to spend time with the lord i want to come in and i want to worship him i want to give him my affection i want to give him my adoration i want to give him my love i want to let him know that i desire him and i love him and i'll be honest with you when i first started doing this it was it was a discipline not, I knew that I loved the Lord, but it was a discipline to stay there and linger in that moment of worshiping him for who he is instead of be like, Lord, I love you. Thank you so much. You know what? Thank you, God, for touching me. Lord God, thank you for helping me. I need your grace. I need your... There I am again. I'm on myself. God, you are faithful. You are worthy. I, I get so encouraged when I come into God's presence and I just begin to, I, I'm reminding myself as I'm declaring who he is, you are my savior. And if there's something that I'm going through at that moment, that, that word that I as I begin to remember who he is to me, you're my savior, you're my deliverer, you're my healer. Maybe I need saving somewhere in my life or there, or maybe I need a healing in my body. It, it gets, it's a little more a potent to me. It's like, no, you are my healer. That's right, God, you are my healer. You're my deliverer, Lord God. You're touching my body right now, or you're touching my mind. It's within your power, Lord God, your strength. It's your desire for me to walk in wholeness. Amen. I go down through all, I don't have to show you everything, just going down through his name. I just love on him. I love you, God. I worship you. You are my God. Thank you for who you are in my life. I bless you. Amen. Spending that time in worship. There's a scripture. I love this scripture. I'll use this to kind of prompt me. And uh, things change. Like I said, it's not always this this way. I'll I'll get something stuck for a little while and I'll just be on that for a season and I'll just pray through it, meditate on it and get it in me. But Psalms 100, I love this, verse four and five. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Coming in to give thanks to him. Bless his name. Why? Verse number five. For the Lord is good. I can spend quite a bit of time just on thanking Him for His goodness. God, You are good to me. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves how good He is. Even in the midst of a hardship, no, Lord, You are good. You're going to help me see what I need to see. Even in the midst of what I'm walking through right now, You are good. What I'm walking through don't change who You are, and You are good. Amen? His loving kindness is everlasting. His love, He loves. Lord, I thank You for Your love, Lord God thank you for your grace. I think about his love. He sent Jesus. I thank you for the grace that was brought through Jesus Christ. And as, as Christ ascended to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. I thank the Lord for the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in my life. It says his faithfulness endures to all generations. This is why I can come before him and thank him and worship him. The second thing that I believe is really imperative in, in prayer um, the first one, you know, in worship, it's really, you know, you're giving God your affection and your adoration. The purpose is to connect your heart with God. The second one is repentance. You know, people don't like that word. But it's really, it's really looking into the mirror of the word. I look into the mirror of the word because we see ourselves and we're always just okay, right? Eh, it's good enough. That's all right. You know, we're not so bad. But we look into the mirror of God's word to see how God is looking at us. So we can make any adjustments that need. And the purpose of this is to cleanse our hearts as you look into, uh, through God's eyes. And one of the things that I found, I've heard people do this and I've done it before, using the Ten Commandments and kind of going down through, you know, just because Jesus fulfilled the Ten Commandments, that doesn't mean they still don't apply. He fulfilled them. We can't fulfill them. But still, I'm not supposed to murder still not supposed to commit adultery you know i mean these things i could look at myself am i committing murder through hatred because jesus said if you hate somebody it's just like murder do i have any animosity towards anybody one of the things that i found that i've never read this without being convicted somewhere is is first corinthians 13 4 through 7 in in the uh, the love chapter we know it as i read through this and i always get hit somewhere love is patient love is kind it is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. You just kinda, you just, as you're looking over, you just look at that and it's like, oh, yep, I wasn't patient today, Lord, help me. Lord, I was, I was unkind to this person or I was rude. I was rude to my wife or my spouse. I was rude to my children. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. I got hit by that many times. And it keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I can take that there and just find plenty in my own life to go before the Lord and say, God, forgive me, help me with this. But if I don't take this time to look into His Word, I can continue to go on thinking everything's fine and I'll still be in the same place a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. But if I go to the cleansing bowl, if I go to the Word of God and allow it to cleanse me, I will grow in His nature. I'll become more like Him. I'll be less like me. Amen? The third one that I like to come through, and I believe that this is, these are keys, like I said, to a well-balanced, or really four pillars of prayer, if you want to call them, is what I would call empowerment, and this is where, you know, I just come and I spend some time with the Holy Spirit, and I ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. Jesus sent him to be our helper. So there's four areas that I do this, and you're going to see as we go through, and there's only just really one more, one more thing after this, but... Um, when I do this, I'm, I'm, I'm getting myself prepared. I'm making sure I've connected hearts with God. Um, I've looked into His Word. I'm making sure anything that is out of line or disconnected in my life, uh, I, that I stay connected. Uh, I'm washed. I, I, I come, in, come into His presence. I'm let, allowing His Word to clean me. And then I come with the Holy Spirit. You know, if you look at the tabernacle, whenever the first time when they would walk in the, in the, uh, the door of the tabernacle in, in all the places, but I'm thinking about the tent out in the, in the wilderness, when they came through the door, the first thing they came through was the brazen altar. And that's where we worship, just worshiping God, thanking Him for Jesus, who He is, what He's done as His sacrifice. Then the priest would come to a place that was called the laver, and that was the bowl. That was the washing pot. They had to cleanse themselves before they went into the holy place. And they would look in, in that bowl, and they would see, it would look like mirrors down there, and they was able to see their own reflection, and there couldn't be any blemish on their face, any, any, any dirt. They, don't have, they didn't have mirrors back then like we do today. We got them everywhere. We got them on our phones. Hey, let's take a selfie. They didn't have selfies back then. They had the bowl. They came to the bowl. They would see the dirt, the smudge on their face, and they would have to wash with it before they came into the holy place. And in the holy place, there were three things. There were there was a table of showbread, there was uh, the incense altar, uh, and, and there was the, the, um, the lamp, which re- represented the Holy Spirit. And it was the Holy Spirit that was the only light in that whole place right there was the lamp from the Holy Spirit. That's why we come to him and ask for his empowerment. And I believe there's four parts of this. One is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and this really is in Isaiah chapter 11. And this resonated me clear back to 2012, and I literally pray this several times a day and I pray this for every one of you and I pray it for my family I pray for people that I come in contact with people that the Lord put on my heart and it's this it says you know the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding the spirit of counsel the spirit of might the spirit of knowledge the spirit of the fear of the Lord this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit I come before him and I say Holy Spirit you are the spirit of wisdom I need wisdom And as I studied the word, I can come to find out that wisdom really is divine order. Holy Spirit, I need divine order in my life. I pray that over you guys. God, give them divine order in their lives, over my family. People need divine order. You're the spirit of understanding. Give me understanding. Understanding really is vision. It's being able to see. Give me understanding. Help me see what I don't see with my natural eye, your eye. Give me counsel, asking, asking him for, uh, to make godly decisions. You know, even when you're counseling other people, asking for his insight. Might is really just supernatural energy. We need supernatural energy in our spirit. You know, the spirit of a man, the energy of the spirit of God within us, in our spirit man, can help us to endure all things. It says the spirit of a man helps him endure through his sickness, or the troubles and and struggles that he goes through, when your spirit is strong, you can endure many things in the the mental and even in the flesh. Amen? The knowledge is really just the know-how. Give me, Holy Spirit, give me knowledge. Help me to know how to do what I don't know how to do. Amen? And the fear of the Lord is a big one because that's helping us to walk in integrity. God's integrity. Give me the fear of the Lord. We can walk in a manner that's worthy of him. Then we, then as I'm, as I'm in there just spending time with the Holy Spirit, I'll kind of go over Galatians uh, chapter 5 and look at that because I want His nature. I'll, I'll look at, you know, I thank Him for His love, His joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that is already in every single one of us as a believer. It's already in you, but that doesn't mean you're walking in it. It's in you because He's in you. If He's in you, then it's in you, but I need to tap into it so i thank him for those the nature of who he is on the inside of me and i begin to just You know, spend that time there and see, is there areas that I need to walk in more and asking him to fill me more with these fruits of his life as I'm connected with him? They're going to come out. Does does you stay connected with God? You hold on through the storms and things that are going on. Eventually, the life that is in the root will come up through you, the branch, and come out on your limbs and there'll be fruit. And it's not your fruit. It's his fruit. Fruit comes from the root, not the branch. It's displayed on the branch. And He loves us so much that He'll allow us to display His fruit. Amen? Then I, I love doing this here because Jesus said that in John 16, uh, 13, He says, The Spirit will guide you into all the truth, and He'll show you things to come. I'll spend time, and this is where I spend time, is I'm, as I'm, I'm with Him. I'm asking Him to lead me into all truth because it's the truth that sets us free. Maybe there's something in my life that just, I need to be set free from, and I don't even know yet. Show me things to come. He'll show you things in your future. He'll show you things to come, directions to take. I'll spend time there. Then I spend time just praying in the Holy Spirit or my heavenly language and worshiping and listening. You know, it's a two-way communication. I'll take times, and I'll be praying in the Spirit. Now, even as I'm praying in the Spirit, in my mind, I'm worshiping, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm thanking Him, and staying in faith, and just, and just having my spiritual ears open. Sometimes I like to pace back and forth, because to me, if I just sit there and close my eyes, I'll just, I'll just fall asleep. So I like to pace. I get up. I'll just pace. Sometimes I'll close my eyes a little bit, get my little path going, whatever, and I'm just, I'm just listening as, I, as I'm praying. Because one of our weaknesses, the Bible says, is we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit helps us. He prays through us the perfect will of the Father. I want to know the perfect will of the Father. And as I'm spending time with Him, then He shows me. And I hear, and when, I'm, when He gives me the revelation, I'm able to see it and understand it and then apply it. And the majority of things that I get whenever I, I, I come before you guys and bring bring what I believe you know, to be the bread of the Lord to you, I get it in times when I'm praying in the Spirit or through my daily devotion as I'm reading God's Word. God will just pour things out. He'll give me. I've been there and just being in His Word, all of a sudden I'll get this and He'll show me this and an illustration here and, and points there. I'm just like, dang, Lord, that was awesome. Praise the Lord. And then I, then I sit on it. I just don't teach it the next Sunday. I sit on it and I let it roast and I get it in me. Okay, now you gave it to me. When do you want to do it? Amen. Got to listen. Because as he's preparing me to be able to to speak, he's preparing you to be able to listen too. Are you with me? You got time for one more. We'll let you go before you drift away. So, four pillars of a balanced prayer life worship, repentance, empowerment, asking the help for the Holy Spirit for help. And the purpose of that is to acknowledge your need for god's help and his ability the last one now we come to the place of petition to make our request known to god the purpose is to release the promises of god through agreement with god's word this is why god's word is so important because you're coming in agreement with his word now in your petition over these last couple years i i I've, i've gotten better at this because i found out you know like i said it's easy when you get into petition you'll pray for things that are really important to you at first and then everything else gets left out and i found that having this balance it's really it's really this track it's really uh, i think I, I missed something i wanted to share real quick um you know praying on a track it brings better balance it brings clear perspective and it brings measurable results Because when you're consistently coming to the Lord over and over again and you're touching these things, just like we taught at the beginning of the year, you're you're filling your prayer cup that cup of prayer that thing that you're the thing that you're praying for whether it's your spouse or maybe it's your children or or maybe it's a family member over here or a friend over here as I'm coming to God and I say a prayer for them or I'm lifting them up before the Lord I'm putting into that prayer cup so to say if I only do that once a year they get a drop but if I come to it every day and I'm putting a little bit even if it's just a little bit I'm being consistent and the more I pour into it, eventually it's going to overflow. And that's the breakthrough. That's the answer. Amen. It's consistency over and over and over again coming before him. So the first thing I do is when I come before the Lord with petition is I lift up my family. I lift up my wife. I pray over my wife. I pray over my children. I pray over their future. And it depends. You can go as, as wide as you want. Some days it gets longer as the Lord's leading you. I'll pray over my mom and, and, and my dad, and I'll, I'll pray over their spouses. I'll pray over my siblings and their, and their, and their marriages and their, and their family. And, and certain people, in my, when, they, when I talk with them, I know that there's requests and stuff that come. I'll write them down on the side. I'm going to pray for them for that season. I'm going to add to that cup because I want to see them get the breakthrough. Amen? Then I begin to pray for, this is where you can pray for your church. You know, we need prayer. We want to we want to lead. You can pray for me, and Natasha. You can pray for the leadership here. Pray for your 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 uh your um your family members here. Pray the scripture prayers. I mean, you can take that Isaiah chapter 11 and you can just begin to pray that over them. Lord, give them wisdom. Give them understanding. Give them counsel. Give them might. Give them knowledge. Give them the fear of the Lord. We all need the fear of the Lord. And you take uh, you know, you, these notes will be up there for you can take them whatever but You pray for your church's uh, uh, Ephesians prayers. There's two different Ephesians prayers. There's Colossians prayers. There's uh, uh, Philippian prayers that Paul prayed over the church. And these things go along these lines. God, give them a greater revelation, understanding, and knowledge of who you are. Help them to walk in a manner that's worthy of you. Help them to grow and manifest your love in the earth and in their lives. Help them to be fully persuaded in in your will for their life, Lord God. Isn't that a good prayer? For everybody, saved or unsaved, God, give them a greater revelation of you. Help them to walk fully persuaded in your will for their lives. Those are great prayers, and they're powerful, and I know this, God hears them. Why? Because they're his word. And I I've I've, have come to be more consistent over the years, and I thank the Lord for that. It's not just, it's not just me, it's not just you. It's by coming in, and I see him on it. I, I feel his anointing on it. I, I, I sense, it. it's not like every day you come in, you have this, you know, you feel all the anointing, everything like this, but you go in. I'm still being disciplined to come in. I'm still adding, and I know, and I've seen more results the more I've been consistent. And it's more well-balanced because I'm not just zoning in on me and my four and no more amen it's reaching out i'll pray for you guys as a group i'll pray for you as certain things as the lord is leaving individually i've had more times in this past year uh god waking me up in the middle of the night of times of intercession when some of your faces would come before me and and i didn't even know at the moment that you were going through things and just wailing and crying because god wants you to walk in the fullness of what He has for you. And then I hear something's going on, and I just say, thank you, Jesus. I didn't know, but He did. And I can see Him working in our lives. We've got to be consistent. And this is one thing that God is going to make a demand upon us even more is in times of getting together with Him in prayer because you get revelation through His Word, but you'll get details of that revelation through prayer. We can't just get into God's presence, and you know, he, he shows us something, that's great, and walk around, and we tell everybody what God has shown us, but we don't spend time in prayer to figure out what He wants us to do with what He showed us. Amen. That's details. Amen? So pray for the church. And the last two things, I've done these more in this last year, is I'll pray, I'll pray for our city and our nation. You know, in your family, uh, in the notes here in, in your family, it actually says that job prayed for his family. It's in job one five, He prayed for his family every day. and, it, and you can see that as you look through that, he was he was his thought was, maybe they sinned against God. i want to I want to give a, a sacrifice so they they can be cleansed. It's really just washing people with the word. You're just speaking God's word over them, washing them with the word of God. Your church, the church, you know, Paul prayed for the church. There's the scriptures that we have there that you can have the notes. Uh, Pray for your nation. Jeremiah, it says, Jeremiah prayed for the city. He prayed for the city. The Lord told him, pray for the city where where you are right now in exile. Pray for the city so that it may fare well. God has you here. Pray for Alexandria. Pray for the city officials. Pray for our our state, our governor. Pray pray for our law enforcement. Right? Pray for our schools. Now, what I'm praying is, I'm I'm repeating these things, and and I'll follow the Holy Spirit, but I'm I'm just praying these same scriptural prayers over and over again over all these things, over my family, over the church, over the body of the church, over the leaders in the church, over our city, over Mayor Carlson. Lord God, give her wisdom, give her understanding, over city council. Amen. I'm praying the word over them. It's the same thing. You know, we keep looking for new avenues well, you can never go beyond the word or you'll be outside of the word. The word is it. You take the word. You follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Pray for the nation. The Bible says that Paul prayed for all in authority. Been praying for our presidents. You know, I never even did an election until uh, uh, George Bush Jr. came in. Was that 2000? That's when the first time I voted and really started to like, you know pay attention to things. And begin to pray now I lift up I lift up President Trump every single day God give him wisdom give him understanding give him counsel give him might give him knowledge give him the fear of the Lord God help him to walk in a manner that's worthy of you help him to be fully persuaded in all your will for his life pray for protection Pray protect his marriage protect his children protect his office Amen. How, how we expect our leaders to, to be led by the Lord if we're not covering them with the word of God. Amen. And the last thing, Jesus told us to pray for the harvest. We're lifting up the harvest, local harvest, world harvest. Praying these, these same things, these same scriptures over them. I think about the, uh, the churches, I'll go in specifically, and I'll pray for churches in our area here. Even the 60-mile radius that God has told us many times over through different uh, utterances and prayer as well as uh, prophecies from other people that have come in. That 60-mile radius, praying for the churches, praying for spiritual leaders. I pray for our church in, in, uh, in Florida, Pastor Greg and Brandy. Uh, pray for um, churches that we've helped to plant through Surge and praying for them. Say, all these same prayers, I'm praying them, but I'm also praying for influence. God, give them influence. Help them, Lord. God, help them. All these pastors that are out there in foreign fields and foreign soil, give them strength. Help them to be led by your spirit. Help them to be fully persuaded And you. Protect them. Keep them. Guide them. Just add into that, add into that glass. When will we know the answers to all of it? When we get to heaven, we'll see how far our prayers have gone. But they're not limited to Alexandria. I'm past that. My mind has exploded. When I pray, I know it don't just drop right there. I know my prayers are effectual. I know that my prayers are going beyond Alexandria. I'm trusting. Why? It's not, it's not confidence in myself. It's confidence in His Word. I'm praying His Word. I know He hears me. I know He's bringing the answers about. I know He's touching lives. Angels are being released when we pray God's Word. Amen. I just want you to be encouraged to get into his word, make a plan to get into his word, pray on a plan, pray, or, uh, read on a plan, pray on a track, just get something, to, uh, that, you know, a way to come in where you're going to be touching all these areas, you're gonna, there's going to be worship, there's going to be reten- repentance, there's going to be knowing your need for the Holy Spirit and his empowerment in your life and the petitions that we lift up other people, our own families to the Lord God Almighty, amen? Let's stand up.